0: Joe Wallace. That is a big 10-4. <laughs>
1: all right. So, hold on. Before we get into the topic of the day, Sarah's phone fell
0: in the, uh, the ocean? Aha, yes, man. Did I send you the picture? Nah. nah. Okay. So, it started as, <clears throat> I don't know if you've watched any of my videos at my beach house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know how it's on a canal, right? And I got a boat dock and I got a boat lift and all that. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, I don't know if you know this, has been an avid um, kayaker since we moved out here. Um, she goes on Lake Wheeler all the time, and um, well, I knew she did the uh, like the stand-up paddleboard stuff. Right, she does that too. But she uh, got into kayaking. She, I think she might have uh, even like when we went on to uh, the houseboat and all that. Um, she, I rented her a kayak for her, and she likes to get up early in the morning, put on a baseball cap, a life jacket, get a cup of coffee, and then hit the water with um um the kayak but she likes to take pictures so so much so that they're really good like our phones have really incredible cameras on them and so she'll she she has like um uh, like pockets to put it in. And I even think she had, I bought her a like an armband to like slide the phone in when you're not using it. So you could, don't have to worry about it. Plus our, our Samsungs are waterproof to a point. And um, so she was at the beach house working on it. Like we haven't been down there for a while. So it needed a lot of yard work and we had a cleaning crew go through there. So she had to make beds and, uh, we had stuff installed on the house, so she was going down there literally to work. But she was. We also had two kayaks sent down there, so we got kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, um, all kinds of beach stuff at the beach house. Some of it came with the beach house, but we got two brand new kayaks down there. So we got some here at this house, and we got some down there. So I was at my parents' house Saturday morning, and I was working on their plumbing. And all of a sudden, she sent me that that picture of there was like a um, a fog here. Hold on one second. Let I me mean, just so you give you a little perspective. Um, let me see. And here it is. And you should have it within two seconds. So there's like this mist, and she's literally at our boat dock in the kayak, brand new. I don't even think it's been used yet. And, but she's like, like I said, uh, experienced kayaker. And she sends me this picture and I'm talking to my mom as I'm working on their plumbing. I'm like, Oh man, what a cool picture. Oh, that's beautiful. And, um, I said, I showed my mom and then I'm, then my dad goes, Hey man, will you crawl under the house and look at some stuff? So now I'm under their house. And all of a sudden I get this weird icon on my phone, this notification icon. And, um, I'm like, wow, I've never seen that before. And I click on it and it's Google Hangouts and it's Sarah who just sent me the picture. A few minutes earlier, and she goes, uh, yeah, I dropped my fucking phone in the canal. Um, she's it's she's gone. gone. And so the only way I had to communicate with her, because we have no landlines at that house, is she happened to have her work computer with her in case she had some got some work. And if she was at her laptop using Google Hangouts, other than that, no, uh, no con- uh, contact at all. But... Um, she didn't have insurance Did not have insurance and back, back everything we, up Our beach house is literally near nothing The nearest real town is about an hour Which is um, Wilmington North And about 40 minutes south is Myrtle Beach We got little cow towns in between there But nothing with like <sighs> Verizon store or anything like that So did she have everything backed up? Yes, That's dude. Easy. So she just got mm-hmm. it last night when she was driving back into town. And I, that made me second guess because I'm a big USB plug in my computer, drag and drop kind of guy. And I'm like, it's been working fine all this time. I've never <laughs> broken one phone. She has literally broke every single phone uh, that she's had. This is the one that she's completely lost. Like she's smashed, I think, the glass of every phone she's hey, ever dude, had.
1: So so I know Sarah, but is there, is there a temper thing that you've never told me no, about?
0: No, uh, <laughs> she's just hoss. She's just very... Um, uh, very uh, rough with things.
1: <laughs> so, to, so, so, to summarize it up, you sent her to the beach house to get some work done.
0: No, Part she went herself. You said,
1: yeah. go get some work done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she took it out on a $1,200 phone. Jeez. I think that so sucks. She, so, she bought a new one, and of course, she got insurance on this one. And now yeah, I back smart. everything up to the cloud. So, <laughs> lesson learned, man.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? This is probably about as good a place as any to uh, get started with our. Topic of the day. It's the topic. So, topic of the day. Let's see where this takes us. But I want to talk about grunge. You and I, you and I have offlined this topic quite a bit, and uh, and I've been thinking about it. So, you know, after ten years, I say ten years because if you think about it, like let's just say like hair rock honestly started, you know, it started finding its vibe and its, its thing. Let's just say around 83, you know, and because up, I until, up until then it was, it was still just kind of rock, you know, but around 83, yeah, things started getting crazy. So 83 to 93, man, that's 10 years. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, it was just the market saying, Hey, we're ready for something new. And I think there's an element, you know, of that, but I also think there were some other forces at play. So, so let me, let me ask you when that shift happened and we went from, you know, rock bands where it really was all about sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, flashy guitar solos and large personalities. Yeah. How did that impact you at all? Or if at all,
0: that is a really good, well, as you know, I, I'm a good guitar player. I do not see myself as a great guitar player. I can be meaning I don't have super melodic leads like uh, your. Matter of fact, I was talking about Randy Rhodes with my daughter this morning and why he was so important because Crazy Train came on when she was eating breakfast and she goes, I know this song. And I told her all about Crazy Train and Randy Rhodes. So prior to Grunge, which did we say we're going to say Grunge, but not Hair Rock? Yeah, we'll say Grunge. Okay. Prior to that, the bar was set so high with even like Night Ranger <laughs> and Sticks and Kansas and um, uh, Damn, dude, you got
1: a call center in your house? Um,
0: Goddamn, telemarketers call my house like crazy. I apologize <laughs> for the phone in the background. Um, you know your um, Vinny Vincent, your, oh, yeah, Vinny um,
1: Vincent, Vivian Campbell, Adrian Vandenberg. You got yeah, you the, got some the incredible hair guys guitars. Were
0: amazing. I mean, great White. I wouldn't even call them hair. I mean, they were just next level guitar players. And I was learning, I was still just a drummer in 83. I mean, I, I was toying with guitar, but kind of as a joke. And um, so when I was trying to learn guitar, of course there was your ACDC and there was, you know, but I mean, even like Ozzy, you're going, okay, I'm going to play some Ozzy." and Brandy Rhodes. I mean, it was just not, and then it goes into Jakey Lee. I mean, so the bar was set so high that leads were not, uh, something that I'd even attempted at that point. And then in the nineties, I move here and I was uh, a lead guitar player, but I was still just very basic leads. And then when grunge hit, um, it was just ironic because I did not have, I had the songs written, but I did not have any of the leads done. And I'm like, the song flows fine enough as it does. So your question was, did it, effect- it affect me on a personal level, but as a fan, it opened my eyes not necessarily to uh, a new, because to me, grunge is just hard rock. It's true. When you say classic rock, grunge uh, comes in the mix on my Echo downstairs and my Amazon. Um, it opened a new style of songwriting, um, and which leaned more towards um, the leads for grunge, have a hardcore, in my opinion, taste of uh, punk, you know, because we were listening to PIL and. Um, a uh, uh, black flag, but is, is it grunge then, noise? or is it just
1: punk? Can, what's that, my friend? Is it grunge then, or or, or is it just punk? The, the leads. Well, no. Here's the thing. I, I think I don't know. If, I think grunge was a, an incredibly small group of bands because of a lot of bands that get lumped into it, you could say, well, technically that's not grunge; that's just punk. And then there's another group where you could You're say, right. well, that was just that's just a new form of metal.
0: And then you got Mud Honey and and you know bands like that, which were dreamy, kind of you know that didn't that didn't fit in also i uh, dude we've talked about this for many years now and the more i think about it i agree with you i think it was marketing
1: here's the thing yeah and and, and i've tried to yeah, I've tried to really say okay maybe not maybe it was just time the market was sick of it there there were some events going on you know you had the Persian Gulf war in 91 you think about throughout the 80s yeah we lived under the specter of you know any given moment there could be a nuclear war but um, that that's not the same as knowing that you're the people that you were in high school with this year, or next year are going off to the war or something. So maybe, you know, maybe the Persian Gulf War 91, you look at kids that were coming into high school as freshmen that year. Maybe it put them in a different mindset where, you know, they just, they don't want party rock or, or you know, just that rock
0: rock that we got used to. They wanted something that was a little bit darker. And it, it um, was a game changer. I agree. I, it, it, it truly was because maybe that was something that was going on. And were you familiar with the Raleigh scene in 90 in 93? Um, I was not
1: here in 93 but I was li- I had lived in Virginia. Um, so I was aware of uh, bands like I remember um, you know Cry of Love. Uh, yes. Uh,
0: did you were you familiar with COC, Corrosion of Conformity? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Were you uh, 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 were you aware of the album that came out in 93? Uh, um, 92 might've right. been, maybe 91 or deliverance dude, that album, because prior to that COC and the only reason <laughs> dude, we were such posers because we had all their, you know, all their, they had the coolest, um, logos and, um, you know, so we had them on our, you know, the patches and the posters and all that. And we didn't, we, I mean, they were hardcore punk more so than suicidal. And then they came out in like 92 and they sounded like Raleigh, even though they have, you know, the Keenan Pepper and, and things, Pepper Keenan and that um, who's now and down. And, and uh, they had that like um, Louisiana flavor to it. But there was also bands like Confessor.
1: Um, yeah, there was a there was a short window there where, you know, we Raleigh, had a sound. Yeah. Raleigh
0: was starting to get we a sound. Had, out there. We did. But Grunge and, killed that, too. Yes. Well, because I it, think it was it, overshadowed because of the marketing and the, the need of something different. I think, like you and I are saying, the, um, we, well, we, I think we said we we're going to call it hair, the hair metal, the sales were declining. It was, it was becoming, um, too stereotypical, too the norm. And, uh, the sales were down and they needed something not super aggressive like Pantera or, um, God, who was around then, you know? Uh, Tesla already went, had their thing, you know. Uh, uh, Def Leppard was on the way down. So, Grunge came... And, dude, they're great. But dude, so Soundgarden is not Grunge to me, my but friend. But here's what
1: I questioned, though. Was it really that they were... See, I, that's where I don't know if they were really down. Um, I just don't know, because... I looked at grunge when it first came out. So first off, you know, to kind of backtrack what, where I went through, yeah, in the 80s, especially when you're a young teen and you're growing up as a guitarist and you've got your high school band and all the local bands, there was absolutely a big dick contest that would go on in the mall. You know, you and your band buddies, one hundred you'd go to the mall and you'd see the other bands from the area there. And if you were the lead guitarist, there was always that feeling that, you know, you had to be the most badass dude. You know that's strapped on a guitar, yes, and and it, it, so there is some type of relief that that we got past that, but at the same time, it was also is also fun, and it and it pushed people to really explore and, and try to find new ways of of doing new things. When we got into started moving into grunge, I, I'll be honest, it took me a bit to adjust because it it bored the bored the piss out of me. I mean, all of a sudden we went from. You know, trying to learn, you'll know, come up with cool intros to the verse, to the bridge, going into the chorus, yes. back to the bridge. The intro, you,
0: had, you are so yes. right.
1: and you had all these pieces that you would think about, and then grunge yes. came in, and it wasn't even a matter of thinking about stuff. You just, you just kind of, you know, this is going to sound horrible. And I don't mean it as bad as it sounds, but you just kind of barfed up on the paper and said, "Here's a song." And in fact, there's almost an, like an attitude of, "I'm going to do the best I can to make this as basic as I can because I just don't give a damn." And and that was grunge. Now. I question if it was really a matter of the broader market saying, "Hey, this is what we want," because of how short lived. In fact, I was thinking about it, right before you jumped on. It's almost like true grunge. That three year window. It, it, it's kind of like you know when um, you know you get out of a relationship and you go through that single period, and, and then you start thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm tired of being alone, but maybe I need somebody. So you, you start dating somebody, but you know in your mind that's that's not the person you're going to really oh, friends, friends with benefits. On. Yeah, it's a friends with a benefit. It's that interim. <laughs> it's that interim lover. You know. And I think that's what Grunge was. I think it was just the interim lover until we got to something better
0: three years I, down the road. I think so as far as the average public, because as a drummer, um, in in eighty three and as a guitar player in 93, 83, you gotta remember Neil Peart. um you're you're also dealing with people like um um, uh, who else was it? Neil Peart, um, uh, Edward, uh, Alex Van Halen with as many drums as possible. So there was also the big dick thing going on with drummers too, in 83. Oh, yeah. And we'd see them in the mall because there was also two dudes that were trying to be the baddest drummer when I was around too. And, uh, and we had the same, and I was a senior in high school. Oh,
1: Nick Menza of Megadeth. We've talked about yes.
0: that. Oh, well, here's the thing. I did the exact same thing. I was as a drummer and a guitar player when grunge came out. I I remember I told you, I totally disregarded. I didn't because I was really getting into ministry and um, darker industrial God flesh and stuff like that. But then remember, I told you the story and I came back around. I was tripping on acid and I was at a party and they had uh, 10 was on. Dude, the guitar work on Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, the the leads might not be. Well, they kind of show off in Mad Season, but um, dude, that's that's. Excellent product. And then I went back and the drumming on Louder than Love by Soundgarden. Listen to it again. It is, it doesn't sound complex. It is freaking incredible. I the I, I I that's why I kicked myself in the butt, and that's why I'm so happy you chose this as a subject this evening because I instantly disregarded it. And it was many years later, like you said, it was short-lived after it was pretty much gone. I decide to jump jump on the, and what I mean, jump on the bandwagon, is actually purchase the disc and stuff like that. But you check this out. So, and
1: and to be clear, there there were, and again, I don't know what to really call grunge or not, because I don't think of Soundgarden and Alice Chains as quote unquote grunge. No,
0: they um, were the monsters of rock. I saw. I mean, Jerry Cantrell is a beast on the guitar,
1: and I love these bands. I really did. But what I guess the thing that I always come back to, where it got a little bit bitter for me, is. You know, in order to make wave and bring room in for grunge, we literally killed another genre of music. And and people have told me, well, the same thing happened to disco. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I don't think that's really the same thing because you could look and say, okay, in the seventies, you had southern rock, you had you had just your your typical pop rock, and you had metal. Um, and then when the hair rock bands came in, um, it's not like metal or southern rock or or just traditional pop rock disappeared. They continued to to live in that. Nothing actually got killed. When hair rock evolved, unlike when grunge came on, suddenly you had an entire genre just get killed, which is what made has made me always wonder if there's some other motive behind
0: it. Well, when we talk hair rock and we talk grunge, we're also talking about areas of the United States and scenes and fashion and marketing and that. So rock and roll is such a broad, broad um umbrella yep. per se and uh metal is such a broad broad um because during the 80s and 90s faith no more was still there and faith no more i cannot categorize yeah what
1: what, what do you think do you think
0: they were ahead of their time i mean oh my we- god yes what oh dude i'm still listening dude I'm, i just played um chinese arithmetic for the millionth time downstairs two days ago dude i was not sick of that album
1: I, i've been thinking about this i can I've been thinking about this a lot. If you look at the nineties, it's almost like the nineties was just a churn of music. There were so many bands that came in out of yes. the nineties that you could make the argument <clears throat> that if they had launched this last decade, they probably would have gotten a, a much bigger push. Uh, there's just a, a, a washing tub of just things trolling around in the nineties of different styles and sounds.
0: Well, this is the, 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 um, era of the soundbite. So they would have downloaded singles back then. If you heard like, let's just say, um, uh, uh, faith no more. You heard, what was the Epic? You heard the song, you buy the album and you're like, Holy shit. There's nine other good songs on this album that like Chinese arithmetic. I've never heard that on the radio. That is literally the jam on that album. Everybody likes the other songs on there. And, um, now if you hear a song that you click a button, you got it. You don't have, you're not forced because you spent $13 to listen to the other 12 songs on there. Well, one of my followers,
1: one of my TikTok followers actually shot me a a message this week and said, you know, do you remember a band Taproot? And I said, yeah, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I I do, but it's vague. So I I went back and I pulled them up and I was like, oh yeah. And it hit me. It's like, you know, I think it was like 98. He's like, this is not a great example. If these guys had come out 10 years later. Uh, it would probably would have been you know, it, it was just a slightly different it was well, just different sound.
0: It brings us full circle because i think like Faith No More is so weird but so excellent. Um that is totally a local band, you know, that's an LA band. And um i, I i'm telling i swear the whole grunge thing uh, and in the movies, you know, um the swingers oh, and yeah. all that oh, stuff. Singles uh, all it, yeah. It's it's marketing, man. Um i, I, I you know, Faith the More. I, I'm sure it was someone they knew or they, they happened to get on the right tour at the right time or the right person was in the audience. Or, you know, I think grunge was just an inflation of... Um, Someone saw it through whoever was the first band to go up there and said, well, if you like this, there's six other bands in Seattle. Let's throw them up. You know, well, I dude, don't know if Nirvana funny. was the first one, but they definitely were the no, one. They, they was weren't the game the, changer.
1: They, no, they weren't the first ones. But, you know, that's the thing when when at first <laughs> again, this sounds horrible. But when I first started hearing some of these bands, my immediate reaction was their finished album. Sounds like the demo that my high school band created four years ago.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the that's the, the they threw it. Together. That's what I think one of the appeals of grunge. Now, when you let me ask you this, when, when you say the word grunge, what is the first band that pops in your mind? Nirvana. Yeah, me too. But, but, See, and but I know they the, weren't the first, but they became they, no, they, they, they exactly they became I, the model. If, if someone never heard it and they go, hey, have you ever heard, you know, and you want to give them an example. And that would be the example, because, dude, for them to throw Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and, uh, mad season. And I did not think I, I, I read it pissed them off whether that's true or not, but you know, it got them album sales, but I heard sound garden on, um, Oh, what was it on MTV? Um, oh, always the show it was on every Friday night at 10 o'clock metal, uh, oh, um, headbangers ball, headbangers ball, yeah. dude, have, uh, uh, love, uh, Ricky, came on
1: Ricky Rockman, Ricky Rackman R- came on yeah. at
0: some <laughs> ungodly hour of the morning. And I lived alone. I had a house in Kansas. And uh, Louder in Love, if you've never seen a video, dude, Chris Cornell's wrapped up in electrical tape, and it's just them playing live, whether it's live. And I never heard, and that was my first taste of um, grunge, and I fell in love with that. And when they started throwing, dude, and then many years later is when I saw Monsters of Rock, and I'm like, I don't even know who else, oh, man, in a box, fuck that. I didn't even associate it as the same thing, which I heard years before, as Soundgarden, as the same I, I didn't give a shit. I well, just you know Soundgarden was Soundgarden. You know well,
1: what's funny is you know we we talk about how certain grunge bands you know they, they hated <laughs> being labeled grunge, and 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 we could run down a list of bands that hated being labeled glam like um you know Slaughter, um, yeah, oh, Slaughter. Tesla, a-
0: Tesla. A- who was who was uh, the guitar player?
1: Um Nino uh, Nino oh, Are you thinking of uh you thinking of Nino no. Betancourt from Extreme? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Slaughter was uh Tim Kelly and then um
0: I th- I thought it was in Slaughter. Um, uh, anyways, I apologize. Yeah, yeah you're uh, sla- uh, Slaughter yeah, Glam band. I Tim know Kelly and then uh, Jeff, Jeff
1: Jeff Blando. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah, Slaughter
1: Slaughter was listed. And here's the thing, you go to Wikipedia and you look up, you know, what defines a glam band and it's something like um uh Spandex, uh, pink, androgynous ex- you know, appearance, and 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 they literally say that that is typically not associated with the blue jeans and leather of rock and roll. But then you pull up Slaughter; they're on blue jeans and t-shirt. Tesla, blue jeans and t-shirt, and Tesla's also listed oh, as a glam true. band. They did throw Tesla. And in it's dude, like, what that was the one of the hell? best concerts I've ever kidding? seen in my life, dude. Tesla, I caught them as an opening act. So um, did I for
0: Def Leppard, they stole the show. They, they did so good. They were so dude, good. They, and that they only had that one album, and that album no, they was had, insane. They
1: had, well, no, they had um the Great Radio Controversy and they had Mechanical Resonance. Oh my uh, mechanical at that, resonance at, at that time. Oh my Both. god, what a great
0: album. Beginning to end. Both. And yes. You know what? When you said Spandex and Pink and Lipstick, dude, that's that's um uh um uh David Bowie, Alice oh, yeah. Cooper, and um the um not Peter Chris, but oh, what's Twisted, the singer tw- for Kiss? Um Twisted Sister. Gene. Oh. um Paul Stanley. Yeah, Paul Stanley. <laughs> yeah, they're not glam. Yeah, it,
1: it, it, yeah. So anyways, I, it, it's been, a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing. And I'll be honest, it, it felt like, correct me if I'm wrong. It felt like that transition was fast. Like within months, you, you, all of a sudden you sensed everything was changing. It was not a, a subtle. Are, are you talking
0: from a grunge to or a, from a, hair yeah. to grunge or yeah.
1: grunge to? Your hair rock to grunge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was seemed like it was overnight. In fact,
1: uh, and then grunge, it seems like the life of grunge was almost a, a short, literally, that was three years, but you could even
0: argue, you know, argue if that was a real good quality. You know career. what? I, it, I just thought of this and we've never talked about it. I was an I used to steal cable and I was, I I, I never missed Ted Banger's ball. Even if I had a party, it was on in the background. I think part of that was MTV because all of a sudden I went from uh, um, poison and all those guys and Warren and everybody. Then all of a sudden. It was all grunge dudes.
1: It was grunge dudes. And very quickly, you know what? You might be right. Cause very quickly it also went to all the, the reality shows like uh real, real world or whatever that, that show was. Yeah. Um, it was real world. We went but from real know, world to Beavis and Butthead. And, yeah, yeah. and
0: they, they might've had a play in the grunge too, because I, like I said, I saw loud and love louder and love. I went out and bought it. I, I mean, I bought, uh, I saw Pantera on there. I went out and bought it. Cowboys from hell was the video. And all of a sudden it was, um, Uh, 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 Guns N' Roses and Nirvana and all those dudes dominated it. Dominated it. And I just wanted to see some, you know, uh, uh, oh God, who were we listening to then? Um, Oh, American Way. Um, Oh God, dude. We wanted... We wanted heavy, heavy metal. So we instantly judged all of them unfairly. Well, what unfairly. about what if, what if Beavis and Butthead contributed? Because they sat there and made fun of a lot of these guys. They did. So maybe they, they contributed did. to it. They Dude, they still referenced that in uh, 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 We're Behind the Music now. They'll, they'll say Beavis and Butthead even made fun of them. <laughs> I love that show, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, oh oh dude, I too.
1: My wife, when we first met, man, I, 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 I like hijacked our, uh, our answer machine because that was back in the day when you had a tape answering machine. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I left, uh, I changed our voicemails constantly to be. I oh, uh, did to
0: too. <laughs> 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 TP uh, for my bungalow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm going Julio.
0: That was great times. Oh my god, I'm trying to look up the the band that I was listening to, American Way. God, dude, I'm, I'm forgetting. Hey, while you're mind. doing
1: that, you see uh, uh, Randy Rhodes is going to get uh, recognized at the Rock and Roll Hall of
0: Fame. Dude, that shit pisses me off every year. That is so long it, overdue. It's so much short-lived and changing the genre. Well,
1: well no, you know, you know what, though? I never really understood. So th- I'll be honest. This is the first year where it's like, you know what? If I'm going to bitch about the fact that certain artists like Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo, and I won't get started on that in no, this episode. true, true. Um, but if they're not going to get in, then I, then I need to really read the guidelines and understand how the voting is and how That's this all works. That's a good point, man. And, and, I never and, did. And it's I a never. piece of shit process. I'll just tell you, I, I sat there and I read, read it. And I was like, this whole thing is stupid, but, but anyway, so here here's the thing and this sucks. So if you are a solo artist, if you're literally listed as a solo artist, even if it's your, your band that plays with you your entire life, if you're a solo artist, your backing band does, will never qualify. And apparently when Sharon, uh, Sharon's the one that gets blamed for this, when Ozzy went solo as Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon had him listed as a solo artist, so therefore Randy was never eligible in the first place.
0: That might have had to do because of the contract with Black Sabbath and her dad. Well, oh my Ozzie, God, Ozzie, never thought of that. Wow.
1: Yeah, I read an article where Ozzie had said something, and I can't, I, I, I can't quote him. So I have got to be careful how I paraphrase. But essentially, you know, he kind of acknowledged that he's, you know. I guess being it's good that's being made right. But that's, that's a stupid rule, anyways, you got guys like um, you know, Brian Adams. I forget the guitarist's name. I have to look it up. But man, this guy's been with him the entire oh, time. You, you and know? I talked about uh, Petty's guitar player. Oh, yeah, Mike Campbell. God, oh he's a phenomenal God. guitarist. Yeah, you're exactly see, here's, the right, thing, man. here's the thing Tom exactly Petty, right. though, and the Heartbreakers, because Mike Campbell is a Heartbreaker, they went in, I think, in 2002. So, you know, Tom Petty wasn't a solo uh, artist. Um, so it was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But, you know, here's the thing. I, I think Jay Z's going in this year. So yeah, it just always makes me wonder, is, is it a a pop music hall of fame or is it a rock and roll hall of fame? I
0: agree. I agree. No. And, um, I'm a fan, but, um, did call it the, like you said, the Music Hall of Fame or the Popular Music Hall of Fame or something. Okay.
1: Okay. So I had to look it up. So Keith Scott, that's, uh, that's Brian Adams guitarist. He's been with him for like forever. And, uh, you know, another guitarist is, um, Pink's guitarist, Justin Derrico. This cat is phenomenal, oh, wow. you know, and, and I want to do like a, a series on my TikTok channel where I really try to bring attention to these guitarists that just because they're not part of like a, a, a band that has a, a typical band name, you know, I, I sometimes worry that we don't really pay the, as much attention to them as they deserve. This cat is phenomenal. Oh,
0: dude. Amazing. And, uh, the girl that toured with Michael Jackson that oh, they, I, Jennifer and, Batten. I remember her name. Jennifer, I just know what she J- looks Jennifer like. Jennifer Batten. Oh my God. Yeah, she God. is hands
1: down. So somebody asked me, uh, last week, you know, if I could put together a, um, a super group, what I would do. And you know, that's one of those questions that man, it just sends my brain into a spiral. And it, me it, too. But, but here's what I came up with. I said, okay. Um, so I kind of took some liberty here because they they kind of put it as 70s, 80s, and 90s is where I could draw the musicians from. So I took a big liberty because I said, well, well, what's,
0: first, "What's the criteria? Is it rock and roll? No, any genre, anything. Well, just, oh, just a supergroup. Yep, I got super you. group. So wow. I said, okay.
1: So first off, I'm going to go with a two drum format. So it's going to be Alex Lifeson and my second drummer is going to be the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold.
0: And, Alex Lifeson's a guitar player. I mean, I'm sorry,
1: player. <laughs> Alex Lifeson. Neil Peart. Neil oh, Peart. gotcha. Yeah. Uh, thanks for catching that. So yeah, Neil Peart, and <laughs> I was um, like he plays the drums too. And, and the Rev, and and, and, and yeah. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold formed, I think, in '98, so it's a it's a technicality. But um, those two two drummers, who I think are fabulous, and I would have loved to have seen them Agreed. work together with complimentary timings. And then um, let's see, I did John Paul Jones because I want a multi instrumentalist in there,
0: oh, and and for the bassist,
1: yes. I chose Bootsy.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> and I said, and, and then I went, okay, and, and
1: then I said, okay, so there's the foundation, man. That's your think tank right there. Wow. You know, the, cause the Rev was a hell of a songwriter. Neil's a songwriter. John Paul Jones is a songwriter. Bootsy's mad rhythm. So bam, there's your foundation. And then I said, now the first thing I'm going to need is a guitarist so that can bridge the gap. So I said, you know, Jennifer Batten, because she can play R and B, she can play funk. She can play rock. She yeah. understands it all. Second guitarist, because I want a lead guitarist. that has got some, uh, a really rhythmic, but real kind of like, um, uh, uh, sensual style of lead. I said Vivian Campbell was my my second nice. lead guitarist. And then, uh, I, this is I struggle. I'm thinking about the singer. And mm. I, I wanted a, I thought about Bowie and because I remember Neil talked about how he, when he plays drums and writes his part, he he listens closely to the, the singer. He wants a dynamic singer. So I went, yeah, I'll give him Steve Perry. But then, then I took the entire horn section from earth, wind and fire and threw that in there. And I said, okay, this is either going to be just a cage match of epic proportions. and It's going to suck.
0: That's exactly what was going through my mind. I said, <laughs> they've got too many ingredients in or, that soup.
1: Dude, it could be the coolest thing ever, but yeah, anyway, I agree.
0: There was. I agree. Yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Batten's badass. Oh my God. You know what? You have such a valid point because, um, my head is because I've been in so many bands playing so many instruments, I look at things like, and, and this is because being with you, when we played the funk when dude, James Brown had such a oh, awesome man. rhythm section. Yes. And then he had little, then that way he can just, you know, pop, you know, the, and they stayed the same. And that is another one. would be like, um, uh, who was we just talking about where you got, Oh, ACDC where you have Malcolm and all of them just doing oh, yeah. the beat. And yep. then you get, all of a sudden you get Brian Johnson or, um, uh, um, God, the original singer, uh, uh my favorite, um, bon Scott. Oh my God. Bon um, Scott. It's going to blow my mind. It's going to make somebody <laughs> mad listening. Bon Scott. Um, Bon Scott. You're exactly right. And then you got Angus, you know, but that rhythm, dude, every part of ACDC and you talk about basic what? is freaking excellent. I don't, th- you just blew my mind because I was, now you've opened a category to <laughs> yeah, a t- Bootsy. So t- I don't t- even know who I would do. That's so good. Slide the family just, stone. Perfect. Nah,
1: band. Think about it for a moment, man. Neil Peart wow. with Bootsy Collins, something <laughs> funkalicious will come out just of that.
0: Bootsy and Neil, man. Oh my God. Well, yeah, and and John Paul Jones. Oh dude. So there's, there's somebody forwarded me some of the, uh,
1: some clips of, um, like you know how they do the isolation tracks on studio mixes. Oh we, yes, yes. So it's just uh, yes. it's uh, John Bonham and John Paul Jones, and oh. it's just like oh my god, just these two together. This sounds so cool, you know. It just, oh my man, god, we could go on and on about
0: just yeah you know, about that. Oh, we need we needed to round back up to uh, Big Hair. I mean, uh, uh, the death of hair metal. Yeah. He, he, so
1: yeah, there's the other thing too. I, I got asked, uh, are there? So we talked about Alex Van Halen. So, uh, the thing with the hair rock is it, it was pretty much a guitar first type genre. Oh, 100%. I with that. With, but,
0: with, like we just talked about, with a strong backing, but it was definitely, in my opinion, uh, vocal and guitar heroes. But what were some of the other,
1: you know, what would be some other call out drummers that you would say from that era?
0: Would you throw Wasp
1: in oh, hair man. metal? You're talking about uh, Tony Richards. You know, he started off in a band called Dante Fox, which would eventually become Great White. But Wasp as a hair band. Um, there's part of me that wants to say no, but at the same time, look, Blackie Lawless, when I listen to him, I feel like he also though became the model for what a hair rock vocalist
0: would sound like. What what, what about Striper? Striper was hair. Yeah. 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 Um, and and there's a question about about Wasp, right? Phenomenal drummer that we never uh, talk about. Scott Rockenfield. Ever. Dude, every member of that band was next level. Oh, yeah. And that's early 80s where they did the opposite. They went from super heavy and shitty recording to really good recording. Very excellent. Well, all the songwriting's good. But it actually, you can actually, I don't know if it was the producers, you can actually see the change. In each album. No, you can tell in every album that it's Queensryche, but you can also tell that every album is completely different. I don't know if it's the same producer every album or was that them just growing as a band? Um, I think it's them growing as a band. You know, yeah. production wise is, oh, my God. Yeah. Operation Mindcrime. My oh, that's, God.
1: Dude, that is that is honestly I hate ranking bands, musicians, and albums, but but if, if I had to go to Desert Island and somebody would only give me five albums, Operation Mindcrime's Is guaranteed that a
0: spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely in there. Um, the
1: walls. Dude, and then in.
0: police went through a phase of large hair and very super commercialism. See, that's what's about the
1: 80s. They did that to, you know, you think about... Toto and uh, oh, uh, Jefferson show and, and Heart. What you know, the eighties the did? Uh, the 80s did <laughs> yes, spoil without some bands. Steve Howe. And uh, yeah. when that came out,
0: 90125 9012 yeah. it was just all. Did you like that album? I did, but you know, it, it, it's it's
1: not. You got to keep in mind prior to that, like I'd already been a Yes fan. In oh, fact, me too. Huge oh, Steve Howe. Huge Round Steve Howe fan. Oh, me too. And when when uh, when it first came out, I did struggle because you know my loyalty to to Steve, but. There were elements in there that I thought were really cool. I just recently read the article on on that right now, and it's fascinating how Trevor went to you know he went to L. A. and he's shopping his demo around, and uh, he got paired up with Chris, Chris Squire, who I think was just supposed to produce it. And then Chris started actually playing with it on it, and little by little they started pulling all the members of <laughs> Yes, and uh, you know John Anderson finally came on board and oh, under and then, another and,
0: amazing person. And, and Trevor
1: didn't want to be called Yes; he really was not comfortable with that because of Steve Howe. But they were like, nah, you're going to call it Yes." <laughs> Um, I didn't know that Yeah, oh, it was, I it, love that it, album It was man. actually just supposed to be It was The whole thing I think Is if I understand correctly Not the whole thing But I think like the bulk of it That, that was Trevor's
0: demo That was Oh, it, oh but 100% No I did, did Have you ever seen any of the movies That he did the music yeah. for? Oh, yeah Oh he's, he's phenomenal excellent. He's excellent Did you ever see any Stuart Copeland's movies yep. That he did them Oh my Is that you? Yeah, that was oh, cool. Okay, I thought that was me yeah. something here. Yeah, man, dude, I did. I, I know I keep, like I said, I could talk to you for hours and hours, my brother. Dude, that album was a um, game changer because I was a huge Yes fan. And actually I heard it and didn't realize who it was. Then I heard it was Yes with a new guitar player and I never judged it. I never tried to compare it to anything with Steve Howe. Matter of fact, I wanted more. Yeah, it's, and then they did a tour after that where it was both of them. Yeah. Um, you, that's when I lived here. You are correct. Yeah. There was
1: a period, it's funny. There was a period where like, I was just so into yes. And and really? when, I would pick up, you know, when I would pick up the guitar, I would literally try to pretend I was Steve Howe to we'll the point see. where I'd get together with like my high school band. And I remember one time we're jamming and they stopped the song and a dude looks at me and goes, dude, it's
0: ACDC. See, Knock that, that shit brings off. us full circle because as a drummer, I could play some yes. As a guitar player or bass player? Who's the name of the bass player? Dear God. Uh, Chris Squire? Yeah. Oh, that's Chris. Okay. That's yeah. Chris Squire. Okay, yeah. John Anderson's the singer. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Chris Squire. My God. Oh oh, my yeah. God. Roundabout. Oh, dude. Songs like that and Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas yep. or Anything by Sticks. Just just beat me down dude, like a little though, bitch any, as a guitar anything player. Anything by man. Sticks? Like even Mr. Roboto? <laughs> nah, I actually saw that. I saw God, that concert, man. I dude, didn't... that was awesome. I was, I had free tickets or cheap tickets or something. And, um, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, that one I've, I go back and forth on. There's part of me cause well, I, I love concept play, albums. Yeah. And it wasn't goes, like they played the whole album. It was like, they played a couple songs that we've suffered through to get onto, um, you know, uh, the million other kick-ass, you know, Well, so. here's the thing.
1: And again, I, I love concept albums. It's, it's my, I've got a weak spot for them. So there's elements where I'm just like, Hey, mad props to you, you know, I love the L aspects of it. And then there's other parts where it's like, man, I just, it sticks. I can't get into this. And it's the same thing with, um, journeys raised on radio. It is not my favorite journey album, but I won't lie to you. And Marie will, Marie, my wife Marie will tell you this. When a song comes on from raised on radio, I have to listen to it because in my mind though, it is one of the best produced albums.
0: Oh, I know the of. production on those albums are sick. It's you phenomenal. as far as concept albums in my mind, um, when someone says it's a concept album, I automatically like. If you go to expensive steakhouse, I'm automatically it better not suck because you know this is you're going into you're going into territory that few venture and um, uh because you didn't have to call it a concept album. I matter of fact, I think a lot of albums are thrown together and they're like, oh yeah, it's a concept album, I'm trying to be cool <laughs> to sell it. Um, concept albums are um, to me. Because the few that I cherish are gold standards, like Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall. Mister Roboto was not. <laughs> it was not the grant. Was it the Grand delusion? Is that the one or the Grand uh, Theater or uh, the specific? I, I don't think um, so. Something
1: about killing Roy or um, something. Can't think of the. Um, there's
0: there's concept out. Oh, Oh, operation mind crime perfection. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, oh, Kilroy
1: was here. The album was Kilroy was here, not Kilroy Kill
0: Roy was here. Oh my God. That <laughs> was stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the videos <laughs> were stupid. Too much time on my hands, which is a great song. It but is fuck great song. that album, Well, here's man. the thing.
1: There's, there's two primary definitions of a concept album. Uh, and, and this had to get explained to me because you know, not too long ago, well, a couple years ago, I was looking through a list of concept albums. And for example, Iron Maiden's uh, Seventh Son of a Seventh Sons on there. And I was like, that's a concept album? And it was explained to me that whenever a band breaks into a new concept. And you think about what Iron Maiden did with the synth guitars. I, do
0: you like that album? Um,
1: uh, so here's the thing. I, 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 I love like Somewhere it. in Time. I thought the synth guitars kicked ass. Compared so, to Power yeah. Slay? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like, I do like, you, you, get, you gotta remember, I'm the guy that loves, I do love concept albums. So when they broke out the synth guitars, I was like, okay, that's bold. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that definition of a concept album where, okay, they're, just, they're, they're experimenting with new ideas, which according to that definition, you could almost say that every other Rush album is a concept album, but then there's also... Also the notion that the concept is like a, a story, a theme that carries through the entire album. So then you have like The Wall or Operation Mind Crime, um uh The Eagles Desperado, you know, blah blah blah, et
0: cetera. That, that's the that's the definition that I most closely adhere to. Man, to, to me, Moving Pictures is a fucking perfect album and I if you could I you could I guess throw the name concept element, but they don't And that album is literally perfect. Do you agree? Oh, 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 yeah, I
1: do. I do. But here's the thing. I get sheepish when talking about that album because I've met uh, Rush fans that are like, oh, dude, you're just saying that because that's their most popular album. That's an easy answer. And, and, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that because it is. It's a fucking great album album
0: it is and like like um spirit, uh, what's the one, uh permanent waves great right. album permanent waves um, is an incredible um, um, album uh, hemi- uh, not hemisphere oh yeah um, you had hemisphere the one before that for
1: that was farewell to kings 2112 Cress of steel um those are great
0: um, albums also but um they're not moving pictures. No, moving and, pictures. I incredible. And, incredible. I, and I love permanent waves. And I even like the one without Neil Perr. What's with the owl on it? Oh, well, that's um, Fly By night. night. You're no, thinking, of, you're thinking um, of Rush. With Working Man on it and all that. Yeah, that's um, just Rush. That. Yeah, that's, that's just a great Rush, album that's just too, Rush, Rush. But, um, you know, uh, Subdivisions is a great oh, album. Yeah, I sold that tour, That's yeah. almost a concept album. What's the one you and I talked about that no one likes, but you and I do?
1: Uh, You talking about um, Power Windows? Power Windows. I love that album here's the thing I, I wouldn't say nobody likes it i mean I, I loved power windows but if i'm being honest it, it took me uh, i probably had to play through it a couple of times before i really got the vibe of it you know if, if especially if you're coming off of like man i spent so much time playing moving pictures it power windows is just different you know now mind you there's several albums in between the two but i think power windows i don't think of it as so much as a concept album as much as it was just reflective of what what Music was like at that time, and they were kind of playing with some ideas. To me, a concept album is like Pink Floyd, The uh, Wall. Dark
0: Side of the Moon. Uh, yeah, Dark Side wall. of the
1: Moon, uh, Final um, Cut.
0: Perfectly laid out, but concept albums. I see the similarity between the songs, the theme, I guess. You know, is that people texting you or is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, your no, live no, chat? No,
1: no, no, it, it is, but I thought I turned off notifications on my computer, so I don't know. I'm like, Whoa, why is it still doing this to me? Um, no, it, it's my daughter, Jessica. She's trying to get a hold of me. Um, you
0: want me to text her and tell her to shut
1: up? You know what, dude? She actually loves you, so she'd find the humor in it. But if you were somebody that she didn't know or didn't like, man, she'd put a post on Instagram and you'd get blown up by like
0: a million people. I don't want, yeah. Then she'll have people call, call dude, my dude, house. Dude, no, dude,
1: I'm, I'm dude, did I ever tell you what happened when, uh, sorry about that, man? Um, but did I ever tell you what happened to her when she had her, her dog stolen? She no. got it back. Um, yeah, so. Uh,
0: <sighs> Where but, in L.A. does she live? You've told me before. Well, when
1: this happened, she was around the the uh, Beverly Hills area. Now she's like literally um, like right in downtown uh, Hollywood. Uh, like literally right next to Capitol Re- the Capitol Records. Oh, that's
0: right. You said you would get up every morning and uh, the building's yeah. right out yeah. there. That's so,
1: so cool. Um, so, I shouldn't say stolen. It, you never know what the circumstances were. But anyways, what we noticed on the camera is she had her dog out there and they have a gate. Well, one of the people she was living with left the front gate open, so Zeus kind of like stood there by the gate. A car stopped, a lady got out, and she, she picked up Zeus, and she kind of just poked her head in the gate and looked around, but rather than actually calling to see if anybody was there, she just took Zeus and got in her car and drove away. So, you know, we put the video online, we put it out there, Jesse, you know, notified her, her, her fan base or her follower base, well, eventually we find out who this person was, and they weren't responding. Um, I guess she just got like annihilated online by people going after her, so she stood wow. her Facebook down. Yeah, and I actually, actually felt bad for you know, because at first I was really angry. It's like, look, just just give the dog back. But uh, I think she she must have paid a heavy price.
0: Wow, what kind of dog?
1: Uh, Pomeranian. Oh, they're so cute! Oh, man. he is, and yeah, I've got to show you a picture of him sometime because he's got this one little eye that's a little bit, you know, cockeyed. He, he looks like Marty Feldman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you remember Marty Feldman, right? Oh, what a dude, young Frankenstein! Yeah. Of course, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, awesome! Well, man, so, well, do you want to summarize? Uh, the, yeah, because we the, kind of go, the, I think always we go off topic. So, um, of I, I, in my opinion, if I had to summarize, I, I think after we've discussed it. Um, I let your fans respond. I think grunge because, and i and, uh, I'll, I'll make my, I'll, I'll make my statement. Then I'll justify it with my point. I think grunge was a marketing thing. I think some record dude went to Seattle, saw everybody's wearing the same clothes. The scene was alive. The scene was fresh. He's been trying to get people in LA to sign, you know, new bands to sign, but they were just copycats of everybody else that was already there with the spandex and the big hair, um, inadequate musicians, just trying to slide by with that, the look and the style instead of the music. And here's this unheard of outside of, I would bear to say, not just Seattle, but probably all of, you know, Oregon, I mean, Seattle, um, the, the whole state and, um, saying this is unique and then labeled it himself as grunge and in MTV and everybody just jumped on the bandwagon and just ruined it quickly for the, the world because, and to, to validate that I don't think Soundgarden sounds like Alice in Chains. I don't think either of them sound like Nirvana. Um, you know, even the, the only similarity is they each, well, Soundgarden has two guitars. Sometimes Chris Cornell play guitar. So it wasn't, you know, there was no similarities in my mind except the location and somewhat the style because Metallica was already wearing jeans and ripped T-shirts and mm-hmm. so was you know pretty much most of the bands I listened to. Sacred Reich was the other band from San Francisco that I was trying to think yeah, of them. the American Way that I was listening to that and I was waiting for Sacred Reich videos when I was bombarded with grunge and um, uh, videos on Headbangers Ball. I was waiting for Sacred Reich and bands like that, but. Um, And I think the country just jumped on it. Like you said, they were sick of the war and everything. And just, it was like something different. And I don't think any, I think it was pure marketing and, uh, uh, hair metal was just not bringing in the revenue. It was a few years earlier, you know, Motley Crue was almost on the way out, even though they're still relevant today, but they weren't breaking in the number one, number two, you know, uh, uh, the LA scene was just kind of stale and they needed something fresh. Like, I swear to you, Dean, the Raleigh scene was pretty hardcore, but I don't think it was nationally marketable you know, uh, to hold a a national audience.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and, you know, I think my summary would be, I think we're on the same page. Uh, I think after 10 years of hair band, uh, there could be an element that maybe the market wanted something fresh. You had the Persian war, uh, Persian Gulf war had taken place, uh, around 91, you know, maybe that created a, a darker air. So people just were in the mood for a happy party rock. Um, but, but yeah, I I tend to also agree. I think there was a big marketing element, uh, at play here. I, I think, you probably had some, you know, you've heard me say, there's a difference between the music business and music and the business has nothing to do with talent. And I think you probably had, I think you probably had some, uh, you know, execs go to the Seattle area and say, Hey, look, we've got a bunch of, uh, you know, young, new green bands here and let's sign them to, uh, contracts and we'll find ways to exploit them and, 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 and and whatnot. And I don't know, I just, I, I, you, you can't tell me there was not, a, a business or, or industry manipulative element to this. Um, you, you just
0: can't. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Man, you know what I just remembered as you were saying that is I was so, because I, like I said earlier in, in the podcast, is I was very, um, I just, I would not partake at all in the grunge thing. I, I just didn't give a shit. And I remember also at the time, I was desperate for something new because um, like I said, sacred, right? that I already had both their albums and that's why I started diving into industrial and stuff like that because nothing was scratching that itch. And by the time (laughs) I, like I said, I came around, I was like, damn, those are good musicians. And those oh, are yeah. good songs. Uh, dude, there's you know? some great yeah.
1: musicians in there. In fact, we could carve out time on the next episode to talk about guys like uh, uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, what do you think of him real quick? Oh, dude, he, he's phenomenal. In fact, you can find videos on YouTube of uh, YouTube of him shredding when he was a teenager in the 80s. And a
0: good producer and a good oh, yeah, uh, his yeah, voice, his songs, everything. Yeah, yeah and, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, and I also agree uh, to summarize what you said earlier also is... Um, grunge was very short lived because in my opinion, it really wasn't real and to contain, um, a classification on a group of bands and call trying group of bands that aren't similar. In my opinion, um, they, 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 they grew wings and mad season sounds nothing like Alice in chains no. or Pearl jam. And it's Alice in chains and Pearl jam. And you know, and, and that's, that's that the thing album is fucking awesome, man. Yeah,
1: and to summarize, I guess the, the my point is that- you, you, for 10 years, let's just say it was a decade. You had hair rock for all intents and purposes over that 10 year period, the formula remained unchanged. The new bands that came in sounded like the bands that came before them and so yes. on. Grunge. Yes. It's like once they got, you know, mainstream, it's almost like they did everything they could to break away from that <laughs> sound that got them there. Yes. Nobody, and nobody wanted to come in sounding like grunge. They all yes. wanted something different. So that right there tells me that there was some other force that pushed yes. all this. It was never about the music. Dude, we should so, hug. We, we should hug. hug.
0: We All should right. we should press our faces against the monitors and, and just and just touch cheeks. Next yes. next time. No, I agree. Think about this uh, next time.
1: Maybe we should talk about the uh, Metallica Black album and how that divided Metallica fans.
0: Dude, I have a lot to say about, but I will prequel it with that is the one that was the um one album I did not buy and have not bought Metallica since. Not because I don't like Metallica, but. I agree. That's a good subject because that was a game changer, and I'm on both sides of the fence on that and have a lot to say about it. Cool. All righty, dude. All right, my brother. Let's wrap you. up. Love you too. Later. Later, man.